I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the 2019 Round 10 preview episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Breck Shea series of anger management courses. Here to help you when you're having a pity party. Uh, no, wait. Um, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy mls i'm your host reed Connolly from mlsfantasyboss.com and tonight i'm joined by usual co-host michael denton and blaine riffle joining us just in the nick of time and we'd also like to welcome our special guest andrew crawler stats guru soccer coach and all-around excellent fantasy mind welcome everyone how are you doing tonight doing well fantastic Excellent. Did I, did I cover a good enough representation of you, Andrew? I know that uh, for people who don't know more of the history of this game, Andrew had a website back in the early 2010s. I don't know. I don't even know. How to yeah, call it. it was like the, eight, the nine years. 2000 teens. I don't know. Can we call that? Uh, but like when I started in like 13, 14, Andrew had a site. He was one of the few places that had a site. And so uh, he's he does less blogging and stuff now, does some guest stuff with MLS Fantasy Boss but is much more into coaching now and has some awesome stuff that he does with his kids. If you're in the general Seattle, you're still in Seattle, right? No, you talked about me. Yeah, yeah, still in Seattle. That's what I thought. Uh, so, so we got him here. He's got some cool stuff. We're going to have a great discussion about value later on. And uh, my door just slammed. People heard that. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. If you heard a big noise, that's just the door. It's all fine. Uh, but no, we're here to talk about fantasy, guys. So I'm glad you guys could be here. And uh, let's talk about first how you guys did. In round nine, uh, Blaine. Yeah, uh, what one sixteen after the edits this morning. Um, can't really complain too much there. I dropped about thirty ranks overall, just under thirty ranks, and lost a little bit of value surprisingly with that score. But a lot of the big names didn't perform over the double game week in both games. I think some of them had that really bad one round score. I know Ladero think put up a three, Zlatan put up a two or a three. And I think that really hurt the value of certain guys. But overall can't complain too much. My bench came in pretty solid with twenty four points. Uh Moderita's injury was probably the big letdown of the week for me. For sure. Mike, how'd you do? Uh I had one nineteen. Um Moderita also kind of hurt my um score. Uh, also Victor Rodriguez um kind of hurt me because I mean I had Hosen but I wasn't expecting much. I was really expecting Rodriguez to be the more consistent player. Um so having the halves Hosen su sub in uh, didn't help. Uh really my only saving grace was Shay Salinas uh and the 21 points that I had coming in off the bench. Um I mean otherwise uh but other disappointment is not having a whole lot of Montreal defenders um either in keep uh goalkeeper or in the defense. Uh, I think that was the big differential. None of the forwards really did all that well this week. Um, so it was pretty much having Montreal defenders and avoiding Moderita. And if you were lucky enough and smart enough, not captaining Zlatan and captaining like Ladero or something like that. Andrew. Uh, so I got 94. 
my team was full of red cards and missed PKs and injuries and all the bad things all yeah. happened this week because I avoided them all last week. And uh, so I gave back the about 150 ranks that I gained last week. Dropped, <laughs> dropped out of the top 200 again. Uh, yeah, one to forget. Now, this is not contrary to any of the, the plugging I was doing for Andrew at the beginning of the show. Uh, he just got a healthy dose of because MLS this week. <laughs> As, I mean, if, if you haven't kept up with some of just the, the various other games in the league, it, it was nuts with red cards and craziness this week. So uh, instant replays are great, great watch if you haven't looked at that yet. Uh, as for myself, uh, I got 137 points. So I had a pretty good round, uh, top 300 for the week rank. So people definitely, people like Mike was saying, who leaned in on Montreal or picked up uh, Ladero. I know that was one of our big points last week was Ladero or somebody else. Um, and we all advised against Ladero. So, you know, it happens. Uh, but if you did go that route, you had definitely a higher score. People in the 130s, 140s, that's where you were shooting for to get some some good solid increase. I had Shay Seneas on my so – I, I can't – I'm not even going to try it. I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't talk right now. I can't Linus? talk right now. Yes, thank you. Like I can't I even talk right now. And that's an easy one. That's an easy one. And I and I butchered that one. Um, but I had him in my team at the beginning, and and I took him out to go a different direction. I'm not too upset about that because I I brought in Lovitz as as a different direction. So I got 21 points anyway. So I did have some Montreal coverage there. I was honestly just hoping for some value gain out of that and maybe they'd get a one good round but that paid off had Ico Parra, had tenor home uh, had the the rodriguez injury that hurt me i did captain Zlatan, but i got 18 out of him it's not like the 30 you would have gotten from ladero but still a pretty solid pick if you did go with Zlatan. uh also had jds and morales so pretty solid there i had nobody on the bench though i threw everything into the field gained a couple of million out of that as well so that that worked out for me especially going into this week so Pretty intense round over in the head-to-head, -head, equally as intense. Mike, you had a, a crazy matchup against Bobby Warshaw that I will let you talk about to not take away any of your thunder. Uh, sure. I mean, there was some smack talk on Twitter. Um, it was one-way street. It was really just me making fun of Bobby um, and him not responding. But uh, I won, and then he responded. So uh, 119 to 116, I came in at the end once all my subs uh, points got counted. Um, and those Shea Salinas points put me over the edge. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I beat Bobby, um, left him with nothing but sheep and no sheep board. So, boom. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Uh, Blaine, you and I had a head-to-head -head this week, and uh, if people were just paying attention to the scores, they know that I won that one. So thank you very much, sir. Pretty close, though, pretty close. So you had a very solid score. Uh, Andrew, you you lost yours. Um, Surprise. We, we know you had the rough <laughs> week. Uh, it was against Steve McPherson over from uh, Minnesota, a great commentator out there doing a lot of fancy stuff. Uh, check him out on Twitter if you don't already. So they've been doing some good fancy covers there. We'll try to get him on the show sometime in the next couple of months as well. Uh, get get some more variety here. But yeah, Steve did well this week. Uh, the highest points though goes to Ryan Anderson, MLS uh, commentator here at MLS Fancy Boss with our stats articles. One hundred and forty nine points. So a, a massive score right there for him. He is still number one in our table right now with a record of eight zero and one. Uh, so people, some people are right there on his heels, but he's he's secured that spot. Over at Patreon, uh, River Schoolkill with a record of seven one and one maintains the top spot. He lost his first game this week. Uh, I believe FC Star Fox is right on his tail, but 
but he's still killing it seven one and one. So fantastic job right there, man. Patreon league is a lot of fun with the head to head this year. Let's get the takeaways though. I'm noticing for those of you in YouTube world that normally when everybody talks, it, it switches who is the big screen. And it's not doing that right now. And I really don't know why. So you'll get to look at me a lot more this week. So uh, I apologize. I don't know. You can look at the stuff I have in the background. I got some scarves. If Andrew does get big, he's got the MLS Fancy Insider scarf I noticed in the background there. So uh, I'll see if I can fool with that and make that work. <laughs> but guys, let's talk about our takeaways from uh, round nine that are important to people. First, most surprising moments. Uh, Mike. Um, I think it's the one to start off the week, which is that, you know, Montreal had those travel issues um, where they didn't leave until like three hours. They didn't get there until like three hours before the game. And then they just smoked New England. I mean, I know New England's bad, but I was a little surprised that, you know, that's one of the reasons I didn't go with Montreal defenders is because I was worried about them having uh, a little bit of lag from the travel. Uh, and then I think the other big one for the week was the nil-nil between the Galaxy and Minnesota to start everything off. Um, I was expecting that to be a goal fest. Minnesota was missing a few people for red cards. Uh, we Zlatan and Quintero both on the field, and they both blanked. So that was kind of a weird game um, for me. So I think those are probably my two biggest surprises. Yeah, for sure. That was That was definitely... A big one right there. There's another one, but I'm going to let Blaine talk about that third. Yeah, Blaine, why don't you go ahead and go with yours? <laughs> yeah. Um, sporting uh, is in a lot of trouble right now, and uh, New England finally found a goal scorer. If Caicedo, and I can't remember which one, can keep this up, I mean, holy cow, New England's <laughs> got some speed and some ability to get behind any defense in the league. But um, important to take away, though, that that – I think this game was the most minutes he's played at all this season. So he's not it, it, necessarily maybe going to be a 90 minute player. He's maybe going to be an off the bench player. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if it's a great person to really throw but, all in behind right but, now. But before this game, I think the stat in new England was one shot on goal by a center forward all season. And he just put up two goals. I, I mean, the, body of work for the rest of the crew is not very good so like they're desperate for anybody who's going to start and put shots on goal uh two goals there um gotta be a huge guy going forward um i i would expect him to get the starts from now on given that um but they came at they came at sporting with speed and it's the same thing i've been saying all year yeah speed and getting behind this defense will really tear him up. And with the rotations and the injuries, uh, Sporting's defense is decimated right now. I think, what, two starters and two guys that are uh, – watch who – yeah, whatever. We're going to butcher that name. Abdul is what we're going to call him. Um, <laughs> first professional start in MLS. Um, Croise is playing uh, left back because Sinovic's in the doghouse. I think there's eight guys now on the list of injuries for Sporting up and down the field it's just it's bad right now that's the same number of goals that they've given up in their last two games <laughs> <laughs> ouch burn right there andrew what uh were some of the surprising moments for you from this round uh san jose kept a clean sheet heck yeah crazy and they got a draw against against your sounders uh yeah that's their third result in a row three results in a row for san jose are they for real i don't know <laughs> 
that's the question. Is it is it just getting used to this man mark system? Uh, do we give some credit to that, or is well, it absolutely, just... absolutely, it's the man mark thing. It's something that you just can't prepare for. It's so different from what anybody else in the league is doing, and it's <laughs> not really something that you can get ready for in just a matter of a week. I mean, there's just not enough time because it's so so unusual. Everybody else plays some sort of zonal marking for the most part. And the man mark, it just screws with the defensive shape and the attacking shape. And it's just so different. Yeah, that's exactly what, if you were listening to Extra Time Radio, they were talking about how uh, not only is it different, but that it's it's not even worth preparing for because you've got all these other teams that aren't doing that. So why waste your time to figure out this where you might play the team twice in, in the season to even do that? So. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's I'll, I'll go ahead and say that's one of my takeaways that we're going to be talking about next is uh, look at this San Jose team. We were very easily dismissing them at the beginning of the season, picking against them heavily, which paid off. So that is not that was not bad advice or, or poor strategy at the beginning of the season. They are getting it together as as tends to happen. I mean, we're we're 10 weeks into the season now, so you're hoping that some people are trying to get some things working better than than week one and it's colorado um, (laughs) (laughs) new england's still some questionability there too and and cincinnati's in a slump so i mean there's there's some some people who are rough but uh san jose is on a bit of an uptick uh not necessarily your go-to teams amazing bench options right now some great value right there so uh that is definitely one of my uh, fancy takeaways with uh, a couple of great defensive options Move forward with San Jose. I think you guys, you guys covered all of my surprising moments uh, right there. Uh, I'll go ahead and talk about my other takeaways. Montreal is putting up results without Piotti, and this is even in this huge away streak that they've had. and And I'm liking how their games are are lining up up until the international break that we have coming. It's not really international break; our big bye week break that we have coming up. Uh, so, so look at those Montreal players. Look at those defenders. They're set for some value gains or set for some points. And this is all without Piotti. If he comes back, well, when he comes back, that's just going to be even more. And if that's set up for that home run, mm, that's going to be some great stuff right there. Also, Schweinsteiger is playing defense again for Chicago, and that is horrible. I think Mike <laughs> had a great rant about that at one point, either last year or the beginning of this season. But but you just don't want Chicago players when, when Bash and Schweinsteiger is playing back on <laughs> defense. And so it's – it's they're becoming a team to bet against, even though they've had some some decent options at times. And CJ Chapong is still a, a decent option as as a as a bench forward, but this is not a team that I'm looking to to lean on going forward, especially after seeing what happened with Bastian Schweinsteiger in the back. Uh, Andrew, we'll let you start this one out for for your major takeaways from from round nine. Um, one of the things to look at going forward is Seattle. We basically have half a team. We literally couldn't even fill our bench this last week because we have so many injuries right now. Plus, we just got two more red cards. So it's going to be a little bit of Tacoma Defiance plan this next week. (laughs) Some Seattle 2 moving up there. Blaine. Yeah, I'll harp on Chicago a little bit more. I mean, I know I had thrown out Katai and possibly Sapong last week as options. Um, New York City is not known for having the greatest defense this year, and Montreal has been kind of hit or miss. And on the back end of a double game week, I expected more offensively from Chicago, and they didn't give us much of anything. I know we're talking about defensive woes, but um, 
Gaetan, Katai, Sapong, uh, Nikolic, uh, Mihailovic, all those names in there. Those are guys we've come to expect a little bit more of, even in the start of the season. And just to fall flat in this double game week, yes, it was two road games, but I expected a little bit more from them for this double game week. Mike? Um, the only thing I'm going to say is that it seems Dome is more committed to playing defensive. And Blaine talked about New York City's not known for being uh, defensive. But the last few games, they've been a lot more defensive. Um, two, clean she- <clears throat> two clean sheets in the past three, only one goal conceded to Orlando. Um, that was kind of off of a bad deflection, although Orlando probably should have had another one. But, I mean, if you look at the lineup, I mean, New York City's playing seven defenders in that lineup. Um, you know, Ring and Ofori, both more defensive midfielders, and then they're having five defenders in the back. And it seems like Dome's answer to the defensive woes that they had at the end of last season and the beginning of this season is just to throw as a defensive a lineup as he possibly can. Um, that's meant less goals going forward. Um I mean, the offense has never really been right under Dome, but it's looked a little bit better in the back, um, particularly the play of James Sands. So I think that's probably something we may have to start changing the way we think about New York City. I think they're probably going to be scoring less goals, so defenses playing against them are more attractive, um, and they're a decent clean sheet uh, opportunity when they have the chance. Very good. Uh, I'll just wrap up going down the list, looking at a couple other teams. Uh, we missed one in our, <coughs> our surprises, I think. Toronto loses to Portland at home. Uh, I know that was people were talking about is is pause a guy that you got to have for uh, again this even with this double game week in in round nine and I hope your answer to that question was no because he got six points and that was not good better than some of the double game week players that we had but I would have taken it <laughs> <laughs> I think we all would have taken it over over Rodriguez but well, the midfielders wasn't the problem this week it was the forwards no for so sure was- and but that was exactly <laughs> what Mike said was was Pozuelo without Altidore. How was that going to happen? And it didn't happen. And so that was that was just a, a surprise and a good takeaway as well going forward. Um, Atlanta against Colorado. They got the win, but probably not what people wanted for the home game against Colorado, which has struggled, as we mentioned. Bobby Warshaw is still high in Atlanta saying they're getting it right. They have the possession. Now they just need to figure out how to score. But that's a big ask, I think. And until... I think we see more of that consistent production. It's it's not a great fantasy option for us going forward. Um, I just want to also want to mention Columbus Crew lost again. Uh, so woes are still happening in Columbus. And if you look at their schedule over the next three or four rounds, that might be a team you want to start betting against as well. It's it's uh, D.C. double home week in round 11, but it's L.A. Galaxy and LAFC. So that's two higher power teams. Then away to Minnesota. After that, away to Colorado. So it gets a little bit easier. But still, those next three rounds. Look at look at Colorado or Columbus. There we go. Got it right there. So uh, that's the quick takeaways from round nine. Anything else you guys want to add before we get into our discussion? Uh, DC Hudson. Slump. Nope, nope. Go ahead. Go, go Blaine. You got it. Yeah, DC slump is kind of continuing to a degree. <laughs> when we talk about Columbus being on a downturn and DC getting the 1-0 road win. Um, but then they turned around. I mean, two road games again, tough, but uh, Minnesota, I'm just not seeing everything from DC right now. Acosta has not been a huge, a huge factor in most of their games. Rooney had, I think it was a free kick goal again this week for their only goal in the double game week. Um, Their defensive players are where all the value is right now, but 
Um, just the eye test, DC is not passing it, and it's getting really hard to take a lot of their attackers. I think Moreno's probably going to be one of the top guys on the list, and then Rooney for set pieces. But if he's only able to get one goal and not getting the service, it's going to be really tough to go with their attackers instead of taking somebody with a little bit more of a defensive shape. Mike? Uh, I was going to say um, Hudson just throwing his players under the bus. If you haven't listened to his rant, um, I mean, he says the players basically have no quality, and that's why they can't keep up or do anything in the league. Um, and it's really puzzling because most of their problems are on the defensive end, and that's where most of the players that he brought in were. But um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that affects Colorado offensively. I mean, I think we were all picking offensive players who play Colorado. Uh, but we haven't been picking as many defensive players because Colorado has been able to score um, this week being the lone exception, or maybe not the lone exception, one of the few exceptions. Um, I'll be interested to see what those kind of comments do to the team, whether it picks them up or whether it kind of flattens them out. I'm kind of worried it's more of the latter, but we'll see. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for those insights. Hope that it helps everyone as they're planning for their round 10 team. Now we have a quick discussion. Plug this on Twitter. We've got Andrew here with us. And at the beginning of the season, he was putting together uh, what we're going to call a model because it sounds nicer. It's a chart that's got some modeling and stats to it for how value and the change system is working. And we talked about this earlier in, in the season already about how we have the three game average. And that's good to keep in mind. Uh, and, and maybe you're at the point right now with your team where you're happy with your value. I know I'm sitting around 118 myself. I feel like I've got a good amount of money to play with and get the players who I need. But still, this is important to, to keep in our discussion because when the fall season comes, everything resets. You go back to your base budget. You got to start building again. So no, the system's not going to change. So having more of this discussion right now just keeps it fresh to know going into it what you can expect. So, Andrew, let's just turn it over to you. Let's talk value. Yeah, so uh, not going to be super relevant for the next couple weeks unless you're in a place like Reed and I where we still have a bit of ground to make up on our budget um, compared to the top players. But uh, the main thing is for the one-week base price – so you want to take their starting price and divide it by two, cut it in half, and then any remainder, whether it's you know 0 0.25, 0 0.3, whatever, you just round it up. And that is the score that they need to remain unchanged. And this is only if they have not played prior games so maybe a new signing to the league or someone coming up from you know an mls2 team um that's that's their price change um and then any points that they get above that price divided by two and then round it up um you basically just add 0.1 and that's how much price rise they're going to get so for instance if there's a player that costs five, cut it in half, that's 2.5, round it up. They need a three just to stay level. And then if they score a five, for instance, uh, that's two more than the three. So they're going to get a bump of about 0 0.2, 0 0.2 price rise on that. Um, so you can keep that one week price change model in mind to go into the kind of the three week average as well. So any time that a player scored enough points to be, you know, getting a 0.5 rise in a single week, uh, they will be getting 
subsequent price rises as well. Um, so that, that, you know, 5 million priced player that we had, um, let's score, say they scored a 12 one week. Um, the very next week, guaranteed price rise, probably going to be pretty close to a 0.5. The next week, same thing, guaranteed price rise almost. Um, maybe a little bit lower depending on what they score in the next two weeks. But uh, if, if you're looking to build value, just find somebody that scored one of those massive, massive game weeks um, in the last you know week or two, and uh, you're set. If you're still trying to build your budget, if you've got some empty bench spots, look at those cheap guys that maybe you know scored a eight or a nine or a 10. Um, and if you're already set for your, your main team, then you can grab a bit of a budget rise as well. Yeah, and that's like what I was talking about earlier when I when I grabbed a Montreal player this round. They had a double game week. I was hoping that, well, you know, at least I'm looking for that rise there. Uh, we're looking at, at people from uh, this, this week, people from San Jose are going to be in that situation where they've gotten some good results over these past couple of rounds, so especially on their defenders. Uh, those people you can pick easily put on your bench and just get a few point millions in there to, to help you rise at the top very important going into the fall season as just can't it just hit on that enough even at this point in the season it's just a few weeks away you're going to want to find those players for those rises to build that budget early on because we see how important it already is uh mike blaine you guys want to add anything here i know mike you've been a big uh, proponent of building value and looking at the system as well. Um, I mean, I think Andrew's um, pretty right. I mean, uh, I, I think what he says kind of also casts a light on how difficult it is now with this system to build a whole lot of budget. Uh, I mean, you can kind of guess a little bit if they have like a big week, like Andrew said, if they're a small player. But I think at this point, you know, we're, that's really going to only happen under the new players. Um, or unless someone just you know magically breaks into the starting lineup or something like that, um, there's not as many of those value finds now, and that's kind of why I said do it er earlier in the season where it's a little bit more volatile. And I think, like Andrew said, it's a little bit more predictable because you don't have as many numbers to keep track of, and you can kind of do it easier because you're just using one week and, and stuff like that. Um, but also, I mean, like you said, I think a lot of people have the value built now. But you know, in spring, that's a, we'll be back at it trying to build value is the the first thing. Because I mean, it's it's important. I mean, it affected my decisions this week because I went Moderita over Tinnerholm because it freed up money elsewhere and I desperately needed it. Um, and if I had had that, that'd have been like what is it, like six, seven points or something like that. I think Tinnerholm got eight, Mata got one. So I mean, it's it's important. If you don't think building your value is important, uh, you're wrong. Plain and simple. Where do you think people should be at this point in the season, Andrew? Um, sounds like most people that are kind of in that top 500 range are sitting somewhere around, you know, 117 to 123. Um, obviously, some of the players towards the top have a bit more than that. But uh, I'm sitting at just about 120 myself. Reed, you're a little bit below that, but in that range. Mm -hmm. um, so somewhere around there, you can afford most of the big hitters and then have a bit bit left over to upgrade your bench or maybe get some of the uh, more expensive defenders instead of just going, you know, the fantasy mullet, which I know Blaine is a big proponent of. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. The budget, having the extra budget has been nice this year though. I'm on that, on that upswing top 200, but I'm at the 125 mark and I have been able to afford a few of the extra defenders and I've seen that pay off the last couple of weeks. This week wasn't quite as good 
with Matarita taking that injury, but I've seen it where the extra budget is just killing it this year. And uh, Andrew, I think you're you're spot on with some of those bench options. If you know you've got a guy who's gonna get a price rise, and right now that's Shea Salinas, uh, just with those last couple of games. Like if you don't have him in your lineup this week, um, or if you've got the extra budget just to throw him on the bench, throw him on the bench because he's gonna get you money this week regardless of how he plays. So uh, knowing that knowing that those guys are out there and looking for those specific players has really been a help to get my budget up because I've been able to fill out my bench a couple of times with guys that I'm expecting to get oh maybe three uh, point three or point four out of sometimes I get a full point five on them but just that li- those extra little bits I mean that can be an extra million a week if you build your bench right and that's that's been huge for me this season. Plus you never know they might just be on none hot streak and you know put in back-to-back games that's right yeah get you a brace <laughs> out of that that'd be great and i want to iterate of course mike mentioned that it's it's been a little bit harder this is not a diss at all at least i i don't take this as a diss and i hope you guys aren't aren't dissing the system um i think it's good that it's it's leveled out some of we're not seeing some of these crazy fluctuations like we saw last year i know a lot of us liked the way it was a couple of years ago when you were looking at averages of scores for players that shared the same position. So that was a good system too, but but it's definitely a lot better this year. And so I, I appreciate that. I think a lot of the players appreciate that. Uh, and, and it's just good to understand this as we go forward. So um, anything else you guys want to add before we move on to our round 10 preview? I'll just agree with what you said. I, I don't okay. I don't think last year's system was that good because I think it was way too predictable. It was too much of a value gain, and it got ridiculous very quickly. I mean, even where we are now, like Andrew said, with most people at 120, budget's still going to come into a factor to a few decisions. You're going to have to make some sacrifices elsewhere. You're not going to be able to put you know, the best player at every position everywhere. So I, I think it is a much improved over last season. I mean, I think there are improvements – still to come, but uh, I definitely think it's a step in the right direction. I mean, I mean, last year, like, Senderos was, like, guaranteed 0.5, even if he got, like, a negative one. I mean, that was ridiculous. <laughs> Apologies. If I said last year, I meant, I meant two years ago, that was a good system. The Last year, though, yes, the crazy fluctuations, yeah. definitely bad, definitely bad. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to our housekeeping. Thank you so much, Andrew, for sharing that, that research with us. Uh, I am not, if you guys saw me on Twitter, Earlier last week, later last week, uh, I got into a great back and forth with a lot of people about FBL. I'm not going to do that again here on the show. Maybe people were hoping for that. Uh, if if you want to hear my thoughts about MLS Fantasy versus Fantasy Premier League, uh, does, send me a tweet at MLS Fantasy Boss. Let me know. We'll maybe do a special edition video for that. Uh, probably make that available to Patreon people first and if people really like it. If you're a Patreon member, let me know. Do you want to hear... Uh, me ranting about uh, FPL or talking with the guys about FPL. I'll, I'll throw that out there and we can make it open to everybody else later. But it was, it was basically, I felt like, you know, that, that meme of the guy sitting at the table with the sign that says blank changed my mind. I felt like that last week. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. And any of the FPL players who are listening, who were engaging, I enjoyed that. Thank you so much for, for that uh, discussion at times. And you're wrong. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> What is it? What is it? I said last week. Uh, I was I was challenged. If you're a, I remember what I said. It was good. It was good too. I forgot what I was what I said. I'll think of it later on. Let's move on to our Patreon <laughs> housekeeping section right now. Uh, as we said, maybe didn't say it, but we should have. It is a double game week. 
this week in round 10. It's a small one, just two teams, and those teams are Philadelphia and my FC Cincinnati kicking things off on Wednesday. That is May the 1st uh, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're looking to get Philadelphia and Cincinnati players, make sure you have them in your team by 7.30 or they will be locked and you will not have any of them on your team. Uh, now, we had a lot of questions about both FC Cincinnati and Philadelphia. We'll get to FC Cincinnati more in our picks, but I'm going to read this email from one of our Patreon subscribers. It's Matthew Lippman. You may have heard him if you listened to the Extra Time radio show recently because I think he took their league. Yeah, he did. He got first place in their league, got a Philly jersey out of the black trash bag of stuff, and I was so excited when I was mowing the lawn and they say Matt Lippman. I'm like, I know Matt Lippman. He's a Patreon subscriber. Fantastic. <laughs> And then today I check my email, and this is what I get from Matt, and he includes a great nugget for all the other fantasy players who are thinking about Philadelphia. So here's what he says. He just wanted to say, Reed, thanks again for everything you do with the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast. Heart all you guys, too. Um, <laughs> I am now, as a result of listening each week, I am now 34th overall for the season and finished second place for the week two weeks ago. Uh, my 118th week rank this week was almost as good. This is a special week for me because we are playing each other in the Patreon League. Yeah, round 10. Matt and I are going head-to-head. -head. Uh, this is not just mentor versus mentee. This is also a double game week for your FC Cincinnati and my Philadelphia Union. Will you go all in with FC Cincinnati? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Even though they've been outscored 9-1 to over the last five games. That's true. And that's not. Uh, will I go all in on Philadelphia Union? It's unclear who listen, it's unclear who the union are starting at striker. Burke was in Jamaica dealing with family issues. Santos may be back in the mix this week. And Shabilko, and just so you guys know, he gave me a little pronunciation for that. This is a man who listens to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Shabilko played well, a calm, and uh he didn't he didn't give me one from here. Um I don't even know how to say it. Biculay? Talk about the Ford who scored last week. Biculay? No. Akam. Uh, Akam and Biculay each should start one game. Uh, Blake is still out and uh, will Frise play? He and Coronel each may get one game. For those of you who don't know, uh, Coronel has been with the Bethlehem Steel, FC Bethlehem Steel, uh, down in USL. He's been playing the last three or four more games with with him so uh he may not be the starting keeper that comes out keep an eye on that more later on uh, they may each get one game though left back wagner may be suspended for an additional game uh fabian may or may not be back silno may or may not be back and there should be very heavy rotation you have six midfielders for four positions colin may get another start etc etc other than trusty gaddis and bedoya I would not count on any other player to start both games this week. So there it is, straight from a Philadelphia Union fan. That's our Philly Union breakdown right there. Uh, looking forward to tonight's show tomorrow and looking forward to our epic battle this week. So there you go, Matt Littman. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this little plug right there. Uh, really appreciate the, the letter, and I'm so happy that you, you're getting some of the success with the advice that we're throwing out there. And everybody else who has similar stories, uh, I am excited to hear that. I know uh, Sherry, one of our top patrons who 
is in our uh, host head-to-head league. She's second, I believe is what it is. So she's she's over all the MLS experts. She's over all of us experts as well, and, and she's just killing it. So uh, congrats to everyone who's doing well, and thanks for listening to the show. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, if you're interested in finding out more about Patreon, go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. Uh, before Mike's injury news, just want to say uh, Philadelphia has a double home game week. FC Cincinnati has a double away game week, and no teams are on a bye. So, Mike, throw us that injury news. Um, well, I'll kind of go to – I mean, we heard a lot about Philadelphia Union. That's where the main thing is. Um, Blake has a grown tear. No timetable was put on him. I don't think we'll see him this week. So we'll get into the backup keeper situation when we get to our picks. Um, Fabian was training last week, but I mean, it wasn't full training. He's got an ankle injury. Um, we haven't seen him for some time. Uh, I would kind of doubt we would see him, you know, at least starting both games in a double game week. Um, but I mean, could he see some time and rotate in and take some uh, minutes from one of the midfielders? Absolutely. Um, and if you kind of look at Philadelphia's lineup, they've bounced around. Um, we had a lot of red cards this week. Uh, two from Seattle, Christian Roldan and Leardham. Uh, and then two from New England, Bai and Adibaba. Um, I feel like there's more red cards, but those are the only ones I could find <laughs> writing down. Maybe there was another one somewhere. Um, there was one in the Portland game, or should have been. If it wasn't, it'll be. It should be upgraded. For that last, uh, I'll have to check. I thought I checked that one, but I will maybe it's not a red card, but it should. It'll probably get upgraded. The one it was nasty from behind. Yeah. Well. I mean, Disco probably has a lot of work to do in that Seattle game, too. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, there there was no red card. Maybe that was – you're talking about um, Chara? Who the, no, it was uh, somebody else. I don't remember. I can't pronounce his name. Okay. Um, well, we'll see what Disco does. Um, there's no um, yellow card warnings, or at least there weren't last week for any Philadelphia Union players. Um, I don't know when Disco will update its summary, but the, we're, we're getting to the point of the season. We're, we're 25% of the way through, I think they said on ETR. So, um, yeah, we're getting to the point where Disco yellow card summaries are going to start to be uh, important. But no Philly players were on that list last week. So, uh, And then Quintero was hurt. I should probably throw that out there. Quintero left injured. Um, Alessandrini is out for a few months now, so um, he won't be available for a while. Um, I haven't heard when Piotti's coming back. I haven't heard when Tider's coming back. Um, but I mean, I think the main concern, oh, on double game weeks, uh, Adi, his legal issues are now done. I think he's no longer suspended under the in substance abuse thing. Um, he did have an ankle injury. If you remember him getting hurt at, at the home opener, um, he's back in training. I don't know if he'll be available for this week, but it's something to keep an eye out. Saw it happen. Now, Titer did play 90 against Chicago at the end of their double game week. Okay. So I, I missed that. He might be back. ETR was, ETR was saying that he was hurt all week. So. <laughs> he got hurt again. So keep an eye on that one, uh, especially if you're looking at Montreal. Uh, so let's get into our ESPN Plus Round 10 preview. Check out ESPN Plus. Got the link on MLSFantasyBoss.com. Five bucks a week. Uh, really great way to keep up with content right there. So let's kick it off as we always do. Keepers, defenders, and shutouts. Blaine. Yeah. Uh, starting with the shutouts or double game week, as you should, probably should, is a double game week. Um, 
now I'm a little worried about my Philly choice. I had Cornell kind of picked as my double game week keeper. Um, I like two home matches. If he goes both games, I mean, that's your obvious choice at $5 million. If there's a serious concern about him playing both or if he doesn't start the first game, I may honestly go to the Cincy Roadkeeper and just roll with it because a double game week keeper should get you five or six points, and that's as good as trying to clean sheet hunt one of these other ones. So that that's always a safe bet. Take the double game week keeper if you know you're going to get two games. Um, after that, uh, start looking at shutouts. With the way Chicago's been playing, I think that puts LAFC up near the top for your best shutout chances um, for, this, for the week. Um, Columbus is another one that has not been scoring goals going on the road to DC and that strong DC defense. I think DC has got to be your, your one and two with LAFC right there. Um, beyond that, I'm not sure there's any other real clean sheet chances this week. Um, Philly, maybe with, uh, FC Cincinnati and new England on the double game week. But again, you're going to be looking at them for double game week players. So those are my clean sheet chances. Knowing that and seeing everything else that has gone on, uh, I've got Betashore and Salinas in my lineup, and then I've got Deplane as a switcheroo candidate to see what happens, uh, double game week defender at a decent price. Um, going to go with that. Uh, probably not <clears throat> going too much more money on defense, but I do have some extra budget in case I need to upgrade one of my scrubs to get a better result after this. Mike. Um, I'm thinking along the, a lot of the same lines as Blaine. Um, I, I have Freeze as my Philly goalkeeper. He's the one who started the last game. Uh, he's only $4 million right now. Um, but, I mean, I, I, it almost kind of stress this enough. Based on the, the email that we got and, and what you can see in Philly's injury history, you're going to have to check that lineup. Um, I have Elliott as another defender. I mean, I like Philly's clean sheet chances for both of their games. Uh, you know, I, I tend to like double game week defenders anyway. Um, I have Elliott. Um, he's been pretty consistent. Um, I'm, I'd be really interested to see. I, I wish I could follow up on that email and see why he doesn't think Elliott uh, might start both games because it seems like Elliott was a pretty consistent starter from what I could see. Um, but obviously, I'll, I'll double check that and make sure. Um, I have Salinas uh, as well. Um, I think that's a great opportunity since since he's struggled to score. Uh, the only clean sheet chance um, I have and Blaine didn't um, was Montreal against New, uh, New York City. Um, New York City struggled to score. We've seen how Montreal has bunkered, and Montreal was able to keep a clean sheet uh, at Yankee Stadium. So I think Love, this is a pretty good opportunity. Um, he's a definite price rise, and I think a decent uh, clean sheet sh uh, shout. Uh, and then I have Waston on the bench. Um, he's kind of up and down, but he, I think he's the best chance for bonus points from Cincy, and I just kind of have him on the bench. Uh, I wasn't really convinced by any of the rest of um, Cincy's defenders as really having much of an opportunity for bonus points. Andrew, uh, I'm just going with whoever starts that first game for Philly um, and just hope that they end up uh, playing both games. Uh, that said, I'm going to start them on the bench probably uh, just in case I need to do a switcheroo, maybe go to Vega from San Jose uh, because I do like them for a clean sheet shout this week as well. Um, I've got Gaddis from Philly. I've got Harvey from LAFC. Uh, Again, one of the Minnesota defenders against Seattle, probably Opara, most likely, maybe Calvo. Um, and then on my bench for my switch options, I've got uh, Hagland and Wynn from Colorado. 
I mean, they're playing Vancouver, who's not great in attack. A lot of those Colorado defenders are like four or four point one or two is all. So easy place to throw something on the bench and just hope for the best, save some budget, put it elsewhere. Yeah, I'm with Andrew on this one. Uh, and to Blaine and Mike to a lesser extent, uh, Philadelphia is the perfect keeperoo team for this round. Uh, yeah, you're looking at at uh, a weird keeper situation this week, but you need to check the lineup. And I'm planning on starting whoever it is in that first game as my Philadelphia keeper on the bench because you are going to have all the way until uh, Saturday at 7.30 to see how that game plays out. That gives you plenty of time because you're going to have that 10 o'clock game with San Jose versus FC Cincinnati or that 10.30 game of LAFC versus Chicago if you want to look at a Vegaroo or a Milleroo as one of your keeperoo options. So save, get your team worked out with those two players that you may have in your lineup, then take one out, take your second keeper out from your starting, leave one of your Philly keepers on the bench. It's the perfect keeperoo this week, and so I, that is exactly what I'm planning on doing, and I think it's the right move for this round. Uh, as far as uh, clean sheets, you guys covered a lot of them. I don't really have anything else to add in there. Uh, Hamid, Vega, Miller, maybe get a Montreal there with Bush. Lots and lots of those are great options. For defenders, um, I, I think – Matt's got some great options there. I currently have Trusty right now on my bench. Gaddis is another option that I think you could go with. Uh, very easy there. I also have uh, Montreal coverage with Lovitz, and I have uh, Salinas as well in the start. Now, what I've done is I've got Salinas and Trusty starting, then I have Lovitz and Lima on my bench. Lima also started these last two games for San Jose. He is 46 and if we do get some clean sheets, get a clean sheet chance right there with San Jose, that could be great. And if he starts to get advanced and maybe gets to the offense like he has in the past, then that could be a good score for, for Lima for sure. Uh, Mike, I think you're right that uh, Waston is uh, one of the better clean, uh, bonus point options. Haglin's also a good choice, too. Those are the guys in the middle. So if, if they're going to be hitting, getting hit by that attack, I think those are two of the guys to look for for FC Cincinnati if you want a defender. I don't know if I'd go the keeper, though. I don't know, Blaine. I, I like the keeper route too much for uh, with Philly and somebody else to want to wanna go with FC Cincinnati. Um, it You just can't do it. You'd have to go with Sporting Kansas City or Atlanta, I guess, if you wanted to do a keeper route with, with FC Cincinnati. That's that's the only that's the only thing that, that makes me not go with always get a double game with keeper. Um, is just to see how how Philly goes. Uh, other than that, I think you guys have got it covered for for a lot of the options. So let's move on to midfielders, Mike. All right. So so this is a little bit of a weird one. I, I always hate picking players who don't have um, faces in their profiles, but um, I have uh, Montiero from Philadelphia Union. Um, he's six point five, but. Um, I think he's kind of coming a little bit more with Fabian out. Um, got nine and eleven in his past two games, so it seems like he's kind of got into the lineup. He's played ninety minutes the last few times after doing ones the first few times. So I'm not sure if he's locked in, but obviously at that price, I think he's a good shout for a bonus point. You know, based on what like what Andrew said, if you get like a twelve and all that, um, you're going to be pretty good. Uh, so I, I think he's a really interesting option. So hopefully he plays <laughs> um, because otherwise I really don't know other than like Majunin for 
I, you know, there's not a whole lot of other options for Philly. Uh, I have Kay in there, assuming he doesn't get suspended for the shenanigans in Seattle. Um, and then I have Pozuelo. I, I know he doesn't have Josie, but I think TFC has a better matchup against Orlando. And even so, I think six points this week is okay, whereas last week with so many double game week options, I was a little uh, less inclined to do that. So then I have uh, Loa on the bench from FCC, just to kind of – you know, double game week, but you get something, see what happens off the bench. Sure. Andrew. Uh, I am going with Harris Madunyanin from Philly. Um, if he doesn't start for whatever reason on that first one, I'll probably just switch it over to Bedoya. Uh, I feel like you kind of have to have one of those Philly midfielders uh, simply because of the double game week. Um, I'm going with Kenny Safe from FC Cincy. Uh, he's had decent enough consistency. Uh since he's been starting anyways. Uh, so he's one that I would take. Uh, I am going with Pozuelo as well, and Johnny Russell from SKC. Blaine. Yeah, I mean, Madunjunin was the first guy on my list. Uh, double game week. I think he's got set pieces locked down, especially with some of the names that have been in and out of the lineup. Um, he's kind of your backup for all of those, and so he should get the set piece duty this week if there's still a couple injuries or some rotation. Um, I also like Pozuelo. I know it's a road game for Toronto, but I think he'll do fine against Orlando. But I'm going with Nani in Orlando against Toronto. I have not been high on that Toronto defense all season and the way Orlando has been playing lately. Um, I expect him to tear him up. So go with that one. Um, Jonathan Dos Santos on top of a or on the back of a huge double game week. Um, Red Bulls have not looked that good. He's going to be clogging the middle. Um, it's another road midfielder, but I just have a lot of faith in the way he's playing right now. And then my bench spot is a kind of a toss-up. Um, Alan Cruz from FC Cincy, I think he, with the speed and the pace he's got, he can really open up one of these games, and he's kind of my Otteru candidate. But I've got the extra budget where I could make that Atuesta if I wanted to for LAFC, and I think I want that extra coverage from LAFC this week. So I may forgo a second double game week midfielder in favor of a few single game week options. I really liked your choices because I had a couple different guys target as well. Uh, midfield was a really weird spot for me this week because there are some not great double, only two double game weeks, so not not a, a whole lot of options, and then some weird matchups that, that it was kind of tough. Uh, I had Madunian in as my first choice, and then I read our, our email and was hearing about. So I've switched to Bedoya, but but looking at Madunian in, but I, Mike, I really like that Montiero call that you're making that that's that's an interesting option right there uh, 6.5 could really help a lot of people with their budget so i'll i'll put a bookmark on that one uh, i also have tighter because i do like what's been happening with montreal and if he does start again uh, i guess i'll just have to keep an eye out for that see if we can get an update but i've got tighter right there i got rusnak on my team as well uh been a little up and down this week but usually better at home portland they've been much more defensive but might might still work in their favor, but I've got Rusnak right now. Uh, I may I may switch that one up depending on. Then I've got K as well as as a fourth midfielder right there to get some of that LAFC coverage that we were all been talking about. For midfielder, we had definitely some questions about FC Cincinnati midfielder options, and you guys have covered a lot of them. Uh, Uola, Cruz. I've got Bertone right now. Uh, some of the more well, Uola and Bertone. Bertone. Some of the more defensive-minded players, or at least being used defensively. Uh, Saif and, or Safe, 
I always want to, I always want to say Saif because I, I think it should be different. <laughs> like I read it, and I'm like, surely that I can't say it that way. It has to be a different way, and it's not. <laughs> it's not overthought it. Uh, Safe and uh, Cruz tend to be a bit more uh, offensive minded, especially Safe. He's had some fantastic passes from what I've seen on TV and what I've seen in person. Just he's he's really great with finding that. He had some, I think, some conditioning problems early. He wasn't able to quite get through the whole whole two halves of the game. Maybe that's fixing a little bit now. Um, and then, it come off early this week. I know that, like I said, maybe it's fixed now. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Sorry, that, that's what I meant with that. Fingers crossed. Because <laughs> he does help. Um, if Adi does come back, though, it just makes me wonder how that's going to affect that dynamic next segment. Um, and then uh, I do I do love Cruz. He's Cruz is one of my favorite players right there because he does have that speed, he does have that explosion, and can be the whole box to boxing there. So um, it's really a budget thing for FC Cincinnati. If you want coverage, decide if you want something more box to box, you can look at Cruz, something more defensive, you roll up Bertone, and Bertone can do box to box as well, and someone more offensive uh, can he save. So it's just whatever your budget and your particular play style uh, wants you to do, and then keep an eye on the Philadelphia lineup. Let's move on to, let's see here, make sure we got all the points that we've got covered. Anybody looking at Atlanta players? I know we talked about uh, Sporting Kansas City. Are we just still – I mean, I'm not, but I just want to double-check no one else. Head nods, shake nose. Okay, good. Just checking right there. Let's move on to our forwards. Andrew. I am actually considering taking all three forwards from LAFC. Wow. <laughs> Chicago has really, really struggled defending anybody with any sort of speed out in the wide areas on the wings. So I might end up taking all of Vela, Rossi, and Latif Blessing. Uh, I'm not quite sold on Latif yet. I might go with Quintero if he ends up coming back from that injury that he picked up. Um, maybe Elise from Houston would be my other pick, but Vela and Rossi for sure. And then maybe Latif or Elise Quintero maybe if he's healthy. And that's a big Texas Derby, so nothing – you never know what could happen with that. It had some crazy results in the past. Got to get that cannon. That's right. Got to get that cannon. <laughs> oh, that would be a great – that's a great slogan. Texas Derby, got to get that cannon. <laughs> Love it. Blaine. Yeah, uh, Vela and Rooney are my two that I was looking at. I know I kind of said fade DC a little bit, but Columbus's defense has looked that bad lately. Right. You, uh, said, you said fade DC. Now you're like, Rooney, their defense looking great. Yeah. Yeah, their attack, um, mostly Acosta, but I may be a little bitter because Acosta's in my draft team and has done absolutely <laughs> nothing for me since the first couple of weeks of the season. So, yeah, that may be where some of that's coming from. Uh, no, um, I, I am worried about D.C., and I am worried about this pick, but I just I think the Columbus defense is falling apart that bad right now that I think Rooney, uh, maybe just a couple of moments of magic from Rooney, and he'll get it done. Um, and then I've got a com on the bench uh, for Philly uh, just to see if he happens to do something in that first game. If he starts um, good chances here against two uh, little bit weaker defenses and his speed can unlock some stuff. So double game week, uh, 6.7. So not terribly expensive to risk it on the bench. Yeah. Great option there, Mike. Um, I'm kind of similar to, to Blaine. I have Vela. Uh, I also have Rooney. I'm not really confident in that Rooney pick. Um, maybe I'm, I'm kind of interested. Maybe I might swap him to Rossi. 
But uh, I have Elise on the bench. Um, Houston has been doing really, really well this year. We don't talk about them enough. Um, there was a graphic going around talking about the greatest uh, expected goals differential through, I think it was the seven games or whatever at this point in the season. Uh, LAFC was at the top, obviously, because they've done so well. But you know who else was on that list? The 2019 Houston Dynamo. Um, they've been doing really, really well at home. Um, whether or not they can do it on the road is another question, but it's a question we don't have to answer this week. They're playing Dallas. Um, I, I, Dallas is okay, but they haven't looked that great against the better teams. So uh, I think this is an opportunity for Houston. Yeah, no, great call. We, we should get some props to them. Uh, again, you guys have touched on a lot of the players. I've got Vela and Rooney in my team right now. I've also got Nimitz in my team. I'm not 100% sold with that. Uh a lot of that is just some of the weird things happening with Sporting Kansas City, like you said, Blaine, earlier. And that Sunday game, I just – I hate having some players like that on Sundays because you just really – you have no other options. It's, it's, if something goes wrong, you're you're kind of screwed. So I tend to shy away from that. Uh, but, but I have him there right now, so that's something to think about if you're looking at, at those options. I uh, had a question mark by Quintero, and I think we talked about that. Anybody looking at uh, Rudy with Montreal? Head no. shakes. No. no. He is not good at soccer. He's really good at running. <laughs> trying hard, but he is not good at soccer. Hey, it's fair. Throwing out the options. And then uh, I know this is this is just a, a tip of the hat to Jason because he, he talks about these and we want to want to make sure he, he gets his time every now and then. Uh, Baird versus Johnson. Uh, I mean, Portland has been kind of bad. Is it is it crazy if you're looking for some bargain budget forwards to think that RSL might be someone to just throw throw caution to the wind as a bench, of course. How much is Baird? Uh, they're, I mean, they're both like a nickel. I don't know. It's they're <laughs> they're they're super they're super cheap. I'll load them up real That's quick. That's not they're, a they're both around seven and Baird is four point nine and Johnson is six point eight. Both have 21 points. Yeah, I know, right? So, I mean, it's they split time. They don't get a whole lot of points. It's it's kind of come and go. But again, it's been Portland, and they have that just that poor season so far. And they could very well just bunker. And going to RSL is kind of rough for a lot of teams. So, um, I feel like they're really good switcheroo options. But this game is so late in the week that it's kind of hard to take them. Yeah, that's another another rough one. Nine o'clock really does pigeonhole you into what you can do going forward so maybe they're, they're like your Hail Mary play to catch up in a head-to-head yeah they're like your they're like the players you switch in if something horrible goes wrong. <laughs> <on. laughs> and I don't have to, you know it's just some things people might be thinking about so mm-hmm. I wanted to ask some of these questions and make sure we cover some stuff uh and of course uh, are we are we still a hard no on all the Atlanta players so not even are we not even considering Martinez even with the defensive woes of sporting Kansas City hard no from Andrew I mean if kicking chairs could get you uh, some bonus points. <laughs> Pity would be in the money, but I mean, you know what? something more than that. I'm not touching Atlanta. I'll, I'll take the paid. I, I am sort of considering as a differential play Atlanta, um, you know, Joseph Martinez, just because speed behind, I mean, that kind of sounds like something Atlanta could do with as many problems as they have, you know, you know, if you're trying to make up ground, you could do worse, you know, you could pick Colorado. <laughs> what didn't Atlanta just put one goal on Colorado's defense? And wasn't yeah. that a home game for Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, um, I fully expect Atlanta to score a goal 
against Kansas City, maybe even two with the way they play. But I can't tell you who those are going to be. If I had to pick one guy, put a gun to my head and tell me to pick one, it would probably be Gressel because he's been the most consistent (laughs) player they've had all season long. And that would be the only pick I would take. And I can't take Gressel over any of the other midfielders on my list. And I think I could probably come up with about five or six more that I would put ahead of Gressel for this week. Missy, what's going to happen is for no good reason, all of a sudden, it's going to be Garza who shows up, throws on his old Atlanta jersey, runs out there, (laughs) invades the pitch, scores a goal, and they just go, let him keep it. Let him keep it. That's what happens. See, right. I actually think that Atlanta will be better away from home because that fan base is so toxic right now that I think it's <laughs> kind of better for them to get on the road, be booed by people who are actually supposed to be booing them. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. All right, guys, let's round this out with captains. Mike. I have Vela. Andrew. Yep, going with Carlitos. Blaine. Same. Quattro Vela. That's what we got. Right now, I also have Vela, sort of a win in doubt Vela moment right now yeah. here. So if you're not going Vela, uh, send a question at MLS Fantasy Boss, at MLSFI. would love to hear your thoughts on why. If you have questions in general about this round or anything fantasy related, send them to me at MLS Fantasy Boss. I'd love to put them in my article. I'd love to use them as ideas for the entire uh, just just focus of one of the fantasy email newsletters that comes out. So. Uh, please, uh, we got several hundred people who listen to the show. Send me a question. I, I want to know. I want to help you guys uh, with the, the fancy decisions, the tough things that you guys are are dealing with, or just general insights or, or general fun things or tips you want to know about the league in general. Let me know. Just just send me at MLS Fancy Boss. Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much for being here tonight. Let's wrap things up with our plugs, Mike. Uh, nothing this week. Uh, just follow me at Mike that Tiger um, and tweet out hashtag MLS injury news if you see something. Blaine. Yeah, gonna give a huge shout out to uh, Richard Amici from the Tacos League I play in. Uh, round ranked number one overall this week. Um, huge to come out of one of my leagues like this. Um, I have a lot of fun playing with this group. I think he said he jumped up like 170 ranks to 31st overall on this one. Ooh. He's been giving me a run all season nice. in this league, still undefeated. So got to give a huge shout out to him because that was an awesome week. Andrew. So as Reed mentioned at the top of the show, I am a coach and we're in tryout season right now with the youngest kids. And so I'm going to plug Tom Byers book, Soccer Starts at Home. Uh, it is readily apparent within the first like 30 seconds of watching a kid, if they have done the kind of training that he talks about in his book, Um, basically buy him a size one ball, tiny ball about this big and just let him dribble. And it is readily apparent. So make more soccer players, whether you have kids of your own or you just want to be the cool aunt or uncle soccer starts at home. Check it out. I'm going to write that down right now. I mean, I can just re-listen to the show, but soccer talk at home. Yeah, great tip. I, I get a few of those little tactical books too. That that's, uh, sounds one I put onto the Christmas list. Uh, as for myself, uh, check out everything over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Also head over to r slash fantasy MLS, the subreddit. Uh, lots of discussion and rate my teams and the questions thread for this podcast get posted there. A great community. Speaking of great communities, MLSFantasyBoss.com also has the Discord server. So go there, chat with some of the top players in the game. And as I already mentioned, be sure to subscribe to the Fantasy Newsletter. And on most Fridays, when it's not a huge double game week, you can catch me on Sirius XM talking with Jason Davis about uh, fantasy tips that uh, can take you through 
if you, especially if you've missed a midweek, some fancy tips to get you through the rest of that week. So uh, lots of stuff out there. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Good luck. <laughs>